slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a good weekend. We've got a lot to discuss as we get closer and closer to the point where the Islanders have to submit their protected list. We will talk a little bit about uh, the philosophy behind who they should protect, whether or not Lou Lamorello will try to protect some of his more experienced but more expensive players when the team is this close to a Stanley Cup, or... Do you free up some cap space using the uh, expansion draft to take a higher-priced player off your hands? So lots to think about with that. We're going to take our, a look at the season that J.G. Pajot had for the Islanders and a look ahead at what to expect from him next year. And, of course, we have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it is the oldest player ever to play for the New York Islanders. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and a whole lot more. You need more hockey news, and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps each day. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. Of course, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a subject that you'd like us to talk about, feel free to email the show. The address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on everything happening this offseason from the expansion draft to the NHL entry draft, free agency, all the way to training camp, which, believe it or not, is only a couple of months away. So uh, very brief offseason for the New York Islanders. So let's start with the expansion draft. A lot of discussion and a lot of discussion going on about it. And, you know, one of the big questions that I've seen a lot of people debating, both fans and media members, is, you know, you're looking at protecting seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. And we know the goalie is going to be Simeon Varlamov because you don't need to protect uh, Ilya Sorokin. He's exempt. Not a problem there. We've discussed the defensemen, and we're talking about uh, realistically, Pelic and Pulak going to be protected, and then you have a choice of Mayfield or Letty. One of them can be protected. One of them is going to be exposed. And we talked about the possibility that Lou Lamorello could work out some kind of a trade to make sure that certain players are not picked or that certain players are picked 
depending on how that goes. But then, you know, the forward protected list, one of the big questions that has been discussed, uh, again, by both members of the media and fans on social media over the last few days, what do you do about Jordan Eberle? And here's the, here's the situation. Eberly is not cheap. And, you know, do you end up protecting Jordan Eberly and his salary, which as of right now is approximately $5.5 million? And I, to me, Eberly, protecting Eberly, it's not a slam dunk, but I think it is likely. Uh, maybe the salary would scare a few people away. You know, maybe Ron Francis, the GM of the Kraken, would not want to assume that salary for a, a player who's a little older like Eberly. But at the same time, the reason I think you protect Eberly is this. Goal scoring is something the Islanders need more of, not less of. When you get Anders Lee back to start next season, you want your top three forwards to, to, to be there. You want Eberle, Barzal, and Lee reunited. The problem right now, the only way in my mind that you leave Eberle unprotected is if you've got real alternatives ready to step in and assume that spot. I don't think the Islanders have anyone. I think Oliver Wallstrom may eventually develop into a potential uh, first-line player, certainly a second-line player, but he's probably at least another year away from being ready for a top-six position. Kiefer Bellows, not a sure thing. Maybe he could assume the job, but again, for Bellows, it's all about, hey, what is he doing without the puck? And he hasn't won the trust of Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello yet as far as his ability to play defense, his ability to back check, his ability to do the little things that contribute to the Islanders' success when they play their system. So if you lose Eberly, yeah, you could pick up a nice hefty chunk of change when it comes to cap space. And the Islanders are a little over $5 million under the cap. And they still have to sign the restricted free agents, all things that, you know, we've talked about on the show. But if you lose Eberle in the expansion draft, who do you replace him with? Now, you could go out and take the money you save and try to sign a free agent, but free agents tend to cost more. You know, we've talked about Tarasenko being available now in a trade and indicating, yeah, the Islanders uh, are one of the teams that he would waive his no-movement clause in order to join. Sounds great on paper, but what is Tarasenko's cap hit? $7.5 million a year. And losing Eberle only to add Tarasenko, who has a lengthier injury history no chemistry or experience playing with Lee and Barzal. Not not that he couldn't. And again, to me, you kind of question whether or not he'd fit into the system and back check and play, you know, Islanders-style hockey. All of these things become big questions. And to me, you take an area you're looking to strengthen 
if you expose Eberly and he's taken, you're weakening that area, and you're almost forcing yourself to go out and spend more money or make a big trade and give up other assets in order to replace Eberly. Now, to me, at this stage in his career, Jordan Eberly is better off on the second line than on the first line of, of a truly talented offensive team. But he is, by far, the best fit for the Islanders on that first line. And I, I just don't see the logic of protecting an Otto Koivula uh, over Jordan Eberly unless some kind of deal has been worked out with the Seattle Kraken. Now, we're going to discuss this tomorrow. Uh, we will have Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken joining us for tomorrow's show. And we'll get her insights as to what the Kraken is looking for, what GM Ron Francis would value on the Islanders roster. So that should be a great segment, and I'm looking forward to talking to Erica tomorrow. Meanwhile, we've got more to get to today. We're going to look at the season of J.G. Pajot and what impact he had. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? And when they come, you got to grab them fast because they usually don't last long. Listen to this list of flavors. Double chocolate, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel. There really is something for everyone and if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine permanent flavors so you can figure out which ones you like the best now not only are most of the flavors the best tasting but they're healthy too listen to this most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories just four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So, time now to discuss J.G. Pajot. And, you know, to me, Pajot is one of my favorite Islanders because he is able to do so many things. And last season... 54 regular season games out of a possible 56 for the Islanders. 14 goals and 28 points. He was a plus 10. And, you know, to me, one of the big assets for J.G. Pajot, 56.7% face-off wins. Here is a guy who does all the little things that Lou Lamorello and the Islanders value so much he gets votes almost every year for the selkie trophy as the league's best defensive forward he plays well in his own zone he is smart he plays on the second power play unit and is effective there he is a consistent guy who could put in 20 or more goals if you take the statistics, 14 goals in 54 games and extrapolated out to an 82-game season, J.G. Pajot would give you 21 goals and about 42-43 points on the season, which is basically a point every other game. And for a third-line center, 20 goals, 45 points, let's say 40-45 points, 
that's not bad. You you take that from your third line center on most teams around the league. And the other thing Pajot adds is leadership. And guys like Anthony Bavillier, uh, in, in particular to me, look up to a guy like J.G. Pajot. He's experienced, but he's not old at this point. And, you know, he's 28, he'll be 29 next year, still able to play at a high level for a few more years. And the Islanders have signed him to a long-term deal after the trade deadline acquisition of Pajot last year in 2019-2020. They signed him to the extension. He's locked in. He's going to be an Islander for the next few years, barring a surprise trade. But Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello really love what J.G. Pajot brings to the table. And, you know, if I was going to pick one player on this Islanders roster who best illustrates what it means to be a forward for the New York Islanders, it'd be J.G. Pajot. Give me offense, but not at the expense of, of getting back and playing defense. Be physical when you need to, but don't take foolish penalties. Kill penalties off, win important face-offs, have the flexibility, you know, a guy like Pajot, he can move up to the second line in an emergency for a few games, he could even move up to the first line without hurting you, and he's going to give you a decent amount of ice time, he averaged almost, you know, 16 minutes, 47 seconds per game, a solid amount for a third line forward. He had three power play goals. I mean, again, just kind of a, excuse me, at five power play goals, three power play assists. He is just the kind of guy who really, you know, pitches in essentially uh, everywhere you need him. And that really does, uh, to me, give him a lot of value for the New York Islanders. And, And the intangibles he brings are also important. Next year, I expect Pajot to once again be in a similar role. Uh, Third line center, second unit power play, barring a large uh, shakeup where they get a lot of offensive talent in and to kill some penalties, to take important face-offs. And in the playoffs, you really sort of expect Pajot will lift his game to another level. And he does. He really, really consistently has. And I think you need to look no further than this year's playoffs, where against Tampa Bay, you know, he was injured in the six, uh, excuse me, the seven games against Tampa Bay. J.G. Pajot had no goals, no assists, and was a minus two for the series. You look at what he did against Pittsburgh and Boston, and he really did a heck of a lot more. I mean, game one of the playoffs, one goal, two assists for J.G. Pajot. Two assists in the clinching game six against Pittsburgh. A goal and an assist uh, in the game two, the critical game two win against 
Boston. Two assists in the series clincher against Boston. His minutes in the playoffs went up. Uh, and part of that is because some games go to overtime. But overall, before he was injured at least, his ice time went up by a you know a few minutes a game in the postseason. So to me, J.G. Pajot is sort of one of those heart and soul guys on this franchise. I expect him to be back and better than ever. To me, you know, 20 to 25 goals and 40 to 50 points would be a great season for Pajot on this team. Maybe you put him on a more offensive-minded team and he can increase those numbers a little bit. But I expect J.G. Pajot to be back, to be uh, the same player he's been, and if he's out of the lineup, this team, you know, it drops off. The the talent level, the depth, the uh, ability to play the system the way they want to play the system, it really drops off if J.G. Pajot is not in the lineup, and that would be a big concern, certainly, for Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello, and the New York Islanders. So, to me, that's what you want to see from J.G. Pajot. More of the same, and that's what I expect from him once the upcoming season gets underway. And, you know, if the team hopes to take that next step and reach the Stanley Cup final and win a Stanley Cup, they're going to need a big contribution from J.G. Pajot. We've got more to talk about on today's show. When we come back, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and it is the oldest player in Islanders history. And by that, I mean the one who was born first out of every player who has ever played for the New York Islanders. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you could track all the action at Bet Online. And uh, look, this week you got the All Star Game coming up. That also means the Home Run Derby, and isn't that a great opportunity if you want to place a wager on someone to 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 really you know get some skin in the game? You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL and all your UFC MMA action, and hey, the Olympics are also just a couple of weeks away. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep on their runs for the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, I tell you, we're going all the way back to the first season of Islanders hockey for this one, and uh, realistically, yesterday would have been the 88th birthday for former Islanders forward Ron Stewart. Unfortunately, Stewart passed away back in 2012 at the age of 79. He's a native of Calgary, Alberta, who played 1,353 career NHL games, which is 
very, very impressive. Also uh, coached for a couple of years in the NHL. Broke in with the Maple Leafs in 1952-53 as far as his NHL career is concerned. Went on to the Boston Bruins in 1965-66. Midway through that 67-68 season, he was with the Blues briefly. Went over to the New York Rangers, stayed with the Rangers through the 71-72 season, then played for Vancouver, and back to the Rangers, and then in 1972-73, became the first player to move from the Rangers to the Islanders, played 22 games for the Isles, had two goals and four points in those 22 games, like all Islanders in that first season, The plus-minus wasn't pretty. He was a minus 17 in 22 contests. But what Ron Stewart essentially gave the New York Islanders in that rookie, you know, that very first season, he essentially gave them experience and leadership for what was a very young hockey team. And, you know, here was a guy who had been there and done that, as they say. Uh, Coached the L.A. Kings in 1977-78, got them to the playoffs that year, uh, but they lost in the first round. Won a AHL championship with the Springfield Kings uh, in 74-75 as their coach. So he went into coaching uh, right after the Islanders. It was sort of a a nice win-win situation. He got coaching experience and the Islanders got his veteran leadership. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders. November 25th, 1972 at the old Igloo in Pittsburgh. Islanders going up against the Penguins. Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders. Jim Rutherford, the former NHL GM, was the goalie for Pittsburgh and 12,319 fans on hand for this one at the Igloo. Neither one of these teams off to, uh, you know, a great start that year, but it was Pittsburgh getting on the board first. Greg Polis, his sixth from Brian Hextall and Jean Pronovo, just 26 seconds into the game, and quickly it was one nothing Penguins. Brian Spencer takes a tripping penalty at 5.34, and nine seconds later, Greg Polis strikes again, his seventh of the year. Jack Lynch, the only assist at 5.43. Early on, it is two to nothing in favor of the Penguins, but the Islanders would bounce back. Brian Watson off for slashing, and sadly, Bugsy Watson just passed away uh, last week, but uh, Watson was off. For slashing, and Germain Gagnon cashed in for the Islanders. His sixth from Dave Hudson and Billy Harris at 11:32. That's a power play goal. Islanders back in it at two to one, and then another power play. Bugsy Watson off for tripping at 18:03 late in the period, and Ron Stewart, our Islanders' birthday of the day, gets his second goal of the year. Ed Westfall and Dave Hudson with the assist with just 11 seconds left. In the first period, the game was all tied at 2-2, two and two, and folks, that's the way it ended. Islanders outshot in this game 32-19, including a 12-4 advantage in the second period. 
but Billy Smith showed his medal and kept the Islanders in the game. They end up with a 2-2 tie and even getting one point for the Islanders at this particular uh, stage in their history was a big deal. Islanders improved to 3-14-2 with this tie. So, you know, they finished the season with 12 wins in 78 games. It was a rough opening season, but the Islanders got it done, and Ron Stewart was one of the reasons that this team was sort of able to help stabilize itself and become uh, a, a little bit more you know, a little more veteran leadership, a little more experience, and, you know, guys like Ed Westfall and Ron Stewart helped stabilize this team in a very difficult and long season. So, that is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and uh, Ron Stewart, uh, wish he was still with us, but uh, certainly uh, wishing, uh, you know, the memory of Ron Stewart uh, always with Islander fans, and he is the oldest player uh, the, the, out of all the Islanders alumni, he was born first, so uh, he does hold that distinction and probably will hold it unless the Islanders sign someone in their 90s anytime soon. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Don't forget now, tomorrow we'll be back with our look at the Kraken and who they may pick from the Islanders in the expansion draft. We'll be joined by Erica Ayala of Locked On Kraken, and we will continue our look at the Islanders players one at a time, and we'll take a look at Ross Johnston. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!